Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome back to the Modernizer Die CFML News Edition. Today we have a very special guest, Luis Mahano. Hola, Gavin. How are you, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. So, yeah, I'm Gavin Picking, software development consultant for Order Solutions. And who are you? Uh, I'm Luis Mahano. I'm the CEO of Orta Solutions, and some people know me as the Box Man. The Box Man. That's a pretty good way to put it there. So, uh, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, very excited to be here, man. Cool, cool. Yeah, Luis is uh, one of the people behind the the podcast. He's really excited when I brought up the fact I wanted to do it, and so he's been really supportive. So, thank you. And uh, obviously, you've been on the soapbox one, but this is the first time on the news. So, I know this is my first news uh, edition. So, very exciting. Cool. Well, I know we got lots to talk about later about the conference last week, but let's get on with the news first. So, uh, la- uh, just announced Adobe Cold Fusion twenty eighteen is up. Uh, released update number seven so it looks like it's a windows only update so if you guys are running windows server of cf 2018 uh, they've got some fixes to the installer and the the basically the administration ui so um, that will be available on forgebox soon Um, i know brad and john are working on getting that update out but it is released in the wild uh, if you guys have windows servers to to update there but um, also and on as far as engines, we have another announcement about Lucy. So um, Lucy's just released a, a release candidate number two for 5.3.4.73. So Those are a lot of points. Yep, exactly. So this is their final 2019 sprint. Um, so they've got a little blog post about this sort of year-end development update, and they've done a, a lot of work in this. So um that's available on the dev.lucy.org site. Um, they have a blog post about it, and um, they talk a little bit more about why this one took longer. And uh, I guess they're they're you know debating different ways to sort of do this release cycle. Do you want to give us a little bit of you know input and, or insight into their their process? Because I know that they're doing lots of quick releases, and they slowed down, and did a lot of slow ones, and then they sped up again. I know that they're working really hard to sort of keep regressions down, but keep that work flowing. Yeah, I think that, you know, we all know that they have limited time on, on certain issues to address. So I think they're trying to find their groove of what works more efficiently. So um, so hopefully they can find their groove to actually get more, more releases in a faster manner and get all these regressions um, addressed. But um, yeah, I have, I, since I got back, I haven't <laughs> even had a chance to get them and reading all these uh, all these entries but uh, i have to so we can see what they're doing and cooking yep i know that they were pretty busy with cf camp in germany too so that's why this one's taking a little longer but it's available out there um so yeah so go check out the release candidate 5.3.4 uh, and check that out and um yeah keep in contact you know best thing about open source is that feedback is very important so yeah and that, i think what's something important that even uh, misha was saying to us is that you have to tag your tickets with the regression label that's super super important because if not they don't get the right priority uh, for them to be addressed so if you are if you have uh, issues that uh, that need to be addressed as regressions make sure you mark them as regressions yeah, it makes makes sense too. One a bug is one thing, but a regression is yeah a different ballpark. Exactly. So mm-hmm. 
Good tip. Good tip. So um, our other co-host, um, Brad Wood, is looks like he's going to be busy again this week. So just because we kicked him off of here for one week, he decided to go present somewhere else. So uh, <laughs> he's going to be joining Charlie in the online Cold Fusion meetup. Yeah. So, yeah, Brad is going to be over on the online Cold Fusion meetup this Thursday at 12 um, p.m. Eastern, so 9 a.m. Pacific uh, on December the 12th. And so he's going to be doing his uh, Please Pass the Salt, Serve Up Passwords with a Side of Entropy. So I know this is a good talk. He's done this a few times, and uh, a lot of people really like this one. Yeah, I, I've seen Brad give this uh, talk several times, and it's it's it was one of those sessions like uh, Pete Freitag that scares the bejesus out of you. So um, I remember midstream Brad giving the first presentation that I, I saw him do. I was like coding away, changing things. <laughs> so I, I really, really recommend this session. I mean, Brad goes in, in really deep into entropy and you know, using modern tooling to to encrypt and, and decrypt your uh, your password. So I, I really recommend it. it. It's something that must be in your tool set uh, yeah. when you're when you're developing. Yeah, I mean, because hopefully no one's storing passwords in plain text anymore. But he also talks yeah. about you know like simple hashing versus you know things like decrypt and salting and yeah, and it's a it's a good discussion. You know, it's really pretty cool. So. Yeah, definitely. definitely. That. Is that the one that he got um, presented at Dev Nexus last year? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's Brad's nerdness to its <laughs> maximum containment. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's not just a Cold Fusion presentation either. He did it at Dev Nexus. Oh. There's a lot of people there. I mean, you guys have been the last few years, right? Yeah. No, I mean, there was like over 60 people in Brad's session. Uh, so, um, it's definitely uh, applies to any language. So yeah. this is not really a cool fusion kind of thing. It's more of a developer kind of thing. So yeah, very cool. So um, again, the, if you go to meetup.com slash fusion meetup, or just search for online cold fusion meetup, uh, Charlie, you host that. And uh, it looks like they're back in business after a couple of weeks off of uh, Thanksgiving. So go check that out on Thursday. Cool. So talking about uh, online presentations, it sounds like there was a, a new one um, announced last week. Um, Rakshif is going to be doing a webinar in January on Cold Fusion for the next decade, all about the buzzworthy Cold Fusion 2020. So it looks like he's going to be presenting and uh, giving us a, a good sort of intro into what's coming with Cold Fusion and why it's so pivotal, because uh, they're really shaking the tree here on this one, getting getting a lot of changes in this. Yeah, I, I am extremely excited about this release more than any of the <laughs> releases that 2016 or 2018, to tell the truth. I think they're addressing to me, which is our mantra right now, right? Which is modernization, right? So yep. um, they gave us a sneak peek at CF Summit. So I'm not breaking any NDAs, <laughs> but uh, they gave us a sneak peek of how they are shrinking down the, the engine to its core. Uh, I think uh, not he showed she showed a slide that the the engine was now at 33 megabytes or something like that. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, and then you have like a mini CLI that they've built to basically, uh, you know, construct the engine as you want. You know, which is which is great. You know, this is so sorely needed for uh, for the engine to to move forward and modernize. So I'm very very excited to see the amount of work that they're putting into that. Um, into itself, right? It's not a language feature per se, but it's more of a, a continued feature for uh, for the engine to continue for the next 15, 20 years. 
Yeah, so it's definitely going to help. Easy. Yeah, when dockerization, containerization, everything else. I mean, things like size and and all those things that you know basically how to build your your engine as you need it is really important. And yeah, so and and these are things that that JDK introduced in JDK nine actually. So JDK nine introduced the ability for you to actually do you know, native Java modules, but also actually compose. Um, they have a, a utility where you can actually scan your source code and you don't need the entire JDK, right? Uh, mm -hmm. You can actually compact it and do this. And they're actually going to be building something very similar, um, you know, so you can actually just know which parts of, of the coefficient engine you're going to be able to ship with uh, once your, your code is, 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 is closed, right? So um, very interesting things that they're doing. They're taking advantage of the JDK, which is something that I've been uh, hoping and Brad and I we've been pestering all the vendors for this <laughs> for years, which is the JDK has done incredible advancements uh, and there's so many feature richness in it that they need to take advantage of it. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like we're definitely on the right path. And so January 16th, um, you can go online and register for it. Uh, I'll give you the URL, but obviously check out the show notes. Um, but it's cfwebinar-cf2020.meetus.adobeevents.com. <laughs> so if you if you can follow that, go check it out. Um, I think there was a blog post too on the callfusion.adobe.com site. Um, but I'll post it on the chat for people. Perfect. Very cool. So, yep. So uh, a lot of good stuff there. And we'll talk a little bit more about CF Summit India uh, when we get to the conference section as well. Uh, there's a few more things that came out from there. But uh, another thing close to your hat is uh, Coldbox 6. And it sounds like you're working on the Coldbox 6 Alpha and it's um, the snapshots available on Forgebox. So as you make some progress, people can check it out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we announced kind of our roadmaps in our in, into the box this year. And... Um, I mean, kind of keep it under wraps, still uh, not ready to show all the features that we're working on, but uh, Alpha has silently been released out there for people to start trying. Uh, I think one of their biggest features that we wanted to introduce is the ability to work uh, or introduce asynchronous and parallel programming. So this is something that uh, I've been, re Brad and I have been really tinkering with this for almost a year now, uh, or probably even more. So it's, uh, it's based on, on the Java Completable Futures SDK. Um, so we're trying to create something very fluent and very dynamic for you know, Cofusion developers to leverage uh, that it's easy, uh, easy to debug, which is asynchronous programming is extremely hard to debug. And uh, it's not easy. You know, it, it's really not easy, but it's so powerful that we want to introduce certain aspects. I mean, we've been researching this for, for a long time, not only in Java, but in Go, uh, in PHP libraries, in JavaScript libraries, uh, and uh, what was the last one I was seeing? I think we were doing, uh, oh, Groovy. So I've kind of gone through, do, do, I've done this in four different languages to try to get the best out of them and bring it into the fold. And we decided to make this core uh, to Coalbox because it, it really just, um, we're taking advantage of it anyways, already inside of the core. So in the six alpha, all the file logging actually now is done with completable futures. So we, we have addressed this and it works incredibly well where we actually have a task that executes in the background and, uh, and leverages a queue to look at the file logs. So basically you're not sending your logs to the file, we're actually streaming them. So you actually are putting them in memory and we have a task that actually looks at this queue and actually starts streaming them to disk. And if there's nothing going on for, you know, 10 seconds or so, 
then that task dies. And then whenever we're requested again, then the task can start up again. So it, it, it really has created a, a, a huge improvement in terms of logging just in this six alpha. Uh, and this was just kind of our, our litmus test of, okay, is this going to work as we want? And uh, it's, it's been really, really incredible. So uh, we already have the API in place. Um, all the, we're doing some dynamic uh, Java proxies in order to work with completable futures, but uh, the async features are underway, and I would say maybe like 60% completed. Uh, and so we're going to be introducing even um, even uh, different ways to actually execute tasks. So you're going to be able to say, Gavin, hey, I, I want I want you to execute this closure or this components method every five seconds or every 10 seconds. So you can create these kind of uh, peri periodic tasks. Uh, very easily uh, and be able to manage them, you know, turn them down, shut them down, et cetera. So we're trying to do this ability for, for developers to, to do things asynchronous, but we're also introducing things that you can do in parallel. So I think Lucy introduced these things a, a while back with array each and struct each, where you can say, hey, go execute these things in parallel. We introduced CB streams, uh, and the, which you can execute also in parallel. And we're also uh, giving you some nice little features where you can say, hey, I want you to execute all these closures, all, all these components in parallel for me and manage a new thread pool for them. So, so we're, we're getting fancy with asynchronous programming and, and this first kind of iteration of the, of the Cobox 6 Alpha. And uh, the next portion will be the custom renderers. I think this will be mostly hugely beneficial for Preside CMS. Uh, that they do a tremendous amount of renderings. And so we want to introduce the capability for, for anybody to actually uh, create their own rendering uh, approach to Colbox. So this means that, you know, it could be Cofusion or it could be even JavaScript. You know, it, it, it won't matter at that time. As long as you adhere to our interfaces, you're going to be able to attach any type of custom render into, into Colbox. So it's, it's underway. Test it out. Give me some feedback. Uh, we definitely needed, and we're very excited for for this next uh, iteration of Coldbox Six. Yeah, it sounds like some pretty cool stuff. Obviously, I, I get get all the little updates in our Slack channel, and you get all excited and say, "Look at this! Look at this!" and do a little <laughs> uh, show and tell on our on our weekly meeting. So it's pretty cool to get the inside scoop. But yeah, it's yeah. I'm and excited. We're definitely gonna document the the heck out of it as always but um brad always brought a point which is okay how does it compare to run a sync um so you know we have written down pretty much all the different things that we do uh, very differently than the traditional run a sync i mean this is really extending the completable futures api uh where you can be doing asynchronous programming throughout uh different types of error exception trapping embedded logging i mean we've gone all the way so it's it's run a sync is, is very simplistic approach um we're trying to to make it even more robust very cool well sounds like uh yeah a good one to definitely check out and uh into the box next year i'm sure we'll have uh, a lot more information about it so very cool yeah yeah definitely that's my goal to have at least uh hopefully uh, a vinyl version by into the box in may or if not at least a release candidate very cool Okay, well, it looks like we've been busy updating some of our, of our Lucy extensions. So uh, um, there was a MongoDB extension update released yesterday. So fresh off the plate, we haven't even had a, a blog post about it yet. Yeah, yeah. John Clausen 
uh, released it yesterday. He's in charge of the Mongo extension, and uh, it has mostly fixes in this iteration, uh, especially for Lucy 5.2 engines and above. Uh, there were some breaking changes in Lucy 5.3 that we needed to address. Uh, we also did this with the Redis extension and the Couchbase extension. So um, you can have that available now. And I know we're going to be introducing uh, another another update to the Mongo extension because of all the work we did on the Redis extension using streams uh, as well. So I think that as, as we start updating these extensions, we start getting all the fancy new JDK stuff in, uh, into them as well. So, and we have a, um, I forgot to tell you, but we have a new extension that we're planning uh, oh. with Mr. John Clausen. So um, there, it's a secret extension, but we're, we're <laughs> in planning phases right now, but uh, it, it will be very searchable. Mm. Mm. Very cool. Well, um, we wanted just to mention that uh, anyone who's looking at doing Pete Freitag's um, online training on security is uh, that's tomorrow and Thursday. Sorry, you're too late. It's all sold out. Um, so um, Pete had his early bird and his punch old bird discounts, and uh, the basically he's he's already filled that up. So if you didn't make it, I'm sure he's gonna be doing it again in the future. Again, this is the first time he's done it online, but he's done it lots of times at different conferences. So um, he does do this often. So keep an eye out. But uh, yeah, hopefully we'll we'll get a report from him after the training and see how he thinks it went and uh, see if he has an, a timeline for when he'll do it next. But um, as you said before, Pete always scares the bejesus out of you. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, it's a it's a great great workshop and i'm glad he sold out this means we're going to be seeing more of them in the future so hopefully it's a, a big success for him but um talking about training it sounds like we've got some top secret training news that we can give a little bit of detail on but not too much so it sounds like we've got two or three trainings coming up in the near future or i guess in 2020 it's not too soon but uh, <laughs> we're getting pretty close but so you, you want to give us a little detail on uh some when these might be happening and where yeah, yeah. So as we start uh, ending the year, obviously we're planning for next year. So the gear is already turning for all the events that we're going to be doing ourselves and all the events that we're going to be attending. But uh, we're we can start with mid-April. Well, we're going to be in the DC area. Uh, we don't know the final dates just yet, but it will be probably the last two weeks of April. And we are going to be either running a hero to superhero or a zero to hero. So it will be depending on what the people want. So if you have a preference of which workshop you want us to do there, probably it'll just be one workshop um, due to the amount of space that we get there in the DC area. But um, for now, we're just thinking one session, two days uh, in end of April. So that will be the first one. Very cool. And then obviously in May, we have Into the Box itself, and we always do training beforehand. So we have the, the two-day uh, conference, and we'll talk more about that soon. But we have uh, usually we have five workshops for that because we usually try and make the use of the, the space we have and all the audits team members. So uh, last year we did Zero to Hero, and we did a REST one, and a containerization one. And so we're still deciding on what the final workshops will be. Hopefully by the end of the year, we should have our schedule and our uh, workshops decided if that correct yeah and actually i think we might do six this Ooh, time around six. so we'll make it uh, harder yeah we have another room available in the hotel so i think we might be able to even do six workshops 
Um, as usual, we also give, uh, you know, other other sponsors the ability to do this as well. Yep. So if you're, Pete if you're a sponsor. A, yeah, Pete did a security one last year, yeah. and that was well well attended as well. Well received, yes. We, we had one by NGINX at one point. So we're trying to see if other other companies are, are, are interested in giving a workshop so they can, you know, make a little money and obviously expand their, their brand. We're also in talks with Elasticsearch, actually, to see if they can actually be here on site um, doing a, a workshop with us. Very so, cool. So yeah, no, we're we're, we're the, the the workshops are coming. We're going to be working on that uh, probably after the holidays. But by January, we'll, we'll that's our goal to have uh, the schedule almost prep and the workshops already available. Very cool. And so after that, I heard that you have another training scheduled in Singapore, of all places. Uh, yeah, we're taking advantage of uh, some travel that we're doing with my wife, like we did uh, this year with India. Uh, I've been very interested in Asia, and uh, there's uh, one of our uh, friends, Philippe Sambor, which uh, lives in Singapore, and he actually started by doing a Cobox Zero to Hero uh, training, and he's been doing some amazing stuff, especially in Asia. So he has already a, a meetup of over 250 developers, wow. not only in Singapore, but in Bangkok. Uh, and I think he was also talking about Jakarta and Malaysia. So it's very interesting. So I'm very interested in that area. So um, we're looking into actually be there and do either a one day or two day kind of event. I'm not sure if it will be complimentary or it will be, you know, paid for. But uh, I, at least we have some ideas that we're throwing around with Philippe. And uh, we're thinking of maybe doing an AWS API superhero edition where we actually build uh, a microservice and actually deploy it to AWS and kind of show the whole pipeline. And uh, so cool. we're, it's still in the works. It's still, uh, you know, almost uh, 11 months away, <laughs> but uh, the gears are moving and Asia is one of our targets for us to, to start addressing and in our evangelization of not only cold fusion, but our modernization uh, mantra. Yeah. Well, I know that you you did some travel early in the year in the Asian area and had a pretty surprising turnout to some Cobox uh, training, right? Yeah, You're surprised how many Cobox developers you were at over there. I was very surprised. I was very surprised uh, for the India uh, uh, training we did. Uh, I, I was blown away, to tell you the truth. We sold out. We had uh, about 15 uh, developers. And usually we try to keep our trainings very intimate. We're not looking for 100 people. Uh, we, we want it to be intimate. We want us to, I, I want to be able to meet everybody and, and, and actually help everybody personally. So, but we were blown away because we had to expand the room. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it was impressive. It was very impressive. The very smart folks there in the Bangalore area. And it, it just, I think we, we definitely need to go back. So I think that, for summit, if they do India summit next year, I think either some of us from the Ortis team, they have to be there. We need to do some training there because uh, there's a lot of developers and they, they want to be trained. They're very eager to train. They're very eager to learn and apply new techniques. So it was very exciting to see these guys. And I think one of the most exciting things is that we had our own masala chai station. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, Cold Fusion runs on chai in India. <laughs> yes, I ran on chai in India, <laughs> and I still do now. I actually am making my own masala chai now here. I, I, cool. I am completely addicted to it. Cool, cool. 
So I know that CF Camp will be doing training there too. Um, they're finalizing dates. I heard a rumor that they might be changing the dates from their normal time, but um, we also have some training in Las Vegas. So CF Summit West is still not finally announced, but uh, we're, we're planning on doing some training there again. So we'll do Cold Box Zero to Hero and Zero, uh, Hero to Superhero. Uh, we had a great success last year with that, and uh, we get a lot of requests for that training. So I know Brad was really successful with the superhero training at CF Camp this year too. So uh, we're looking at late October for that. We'll we'll let you know the dates for sure when they get confirmed. But um, um, yeah, we're excited to have that. It's always fun in Vegas. We get the nice suites with a great view. We get to hang out with a lot of people and make some friends and you know learn a lot too. Yeah, definitely. I the I love the Vegas trainings because we we rent these awesome suites, and I think this year was the best one. Yeah, uh, so I think that we need neat. to. Yeah, we need to repeat the formula. So definitely, it's going to be in the area. <laughs> I'm saying it now, but hopefully there will be availability. But uh, those suites were incredible. So yeah. and doing those dual sessions was also really nice. So yeah, uh, definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, you you mentioned CF Camp, and actually I was chatting to 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 Michi Nat about it. And uh, yeah, the, 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 the problem is that there's a lot of, uh, I think, soccer matches or some tournament at that time that he usually does it. And it's causing havoc with pricing. And he always you know, likes to maintain the conference very affordable. Mm -hmm. So he's looking for alternative dates. And, uh, and actually, just uh, we have our idea of actually doing Into the Box Europe now since we are now in, in two continents. So um, now we want to move into Europe. And I think that we're, we're discussions with him to actually see if that could be feasible as well to kind of join uh, the event to start. So Very cool. Yeah, well, especially if we can all get there. I've been hoping, and, hoping to get there sometime soon. So uh, one day I'll make it to see if camp. So if we have uh, into the box Europe at the same time, it makes it even easier. So yeah, very cool. definitely. So, yeah, there's a little top secret training in the future. So start planning your year next year. So we'll be in D.C. in April, Houston in May, um, Singapore in early October, Vegas late October, and then CF Camp we're still finding out about. And, um, yeah, sounds like a pretty action-packed year. Yeah, definitely. Definitely action-packed. More conferences. So Into the Box Europe might be even a more another conference. Yep. Okay, well, enough about secret training, but we'll t go over because Brad just can't stay out of the limelight. So um, Brad was talking and did a little screencast. So using the Fusion Reactor profile to, to find slow code. So he gets asked this quite a lot. He made this cool little screencast that shows you exactly how to do it. And I saw a lot of people on on Twitter, uh, you know, really thankful for it. So that's a, a great little screencast. So it's available on the Autist blog website, and he links to the Fusion Reactor site and um, and and the autos, um fusion reactor command box module as well, which makes it easy to get up and running. So definitely check that out. Um, pretty cool. So that being said, now we get to talk about conferences. So last week into the box, Latam Latin Latino America sold out. So, uh, I guess that means it was a pretty good success, right? Well, at least a lot of people showed up, but was it a success? <laughs> <laughs> And both of the, both of those things, Gavin. Uh, Great. Uh, another impressive thing. I mean, uh, we were blown away by it. Um, prime. Uh, uh, how do you? How would you say it? Prime real estate, because there's nobody uh, knows a lot about Cofusion or CFML. Very little. I would say one percent or two percent 
uh, of the attendees knew something about ColdFusion. Uh, obviously, they knew a lot about Java and a lot about PHP and Node, but it was impressive to, to be able to address over 100 attendees. So, uh, uh, you know, coming and going, we had about 100 people coming in and out, and um, we could only support actually 90 in the venue, so don't tell the venue, but uh, we, we were fluctuating uh, above it. But it was it was fantastic. I mean, the the speakers were amazing. Sometimes we we threw some of our speakers into the fire. They had never spoken before, <laughs> so it was pretty cool to actually see that. We it was all in Spanish except John. John was the only one that uh, was was doing his sessions in English. But he did great. He had slides in Spanish. He tried a few things in Spanish. So. Uh, they were extremely funny. We actually had a master of ceremonies, Gavin. Oh, yeah. Did you see his videos? Uh, I saw he put on a show. <laughs> I, I saw know. some pictures on on Twitter and everything. Uh, the Into the Box Latam uh, hashtag, and then uh, at Into the Box Latam was a new account we created for it. There was a lot of great stuff flying on Twitter. Lots of photos. That place looked oh, yeah. amazing. It looks oh yeah, the- so professional. The, the actual stage, we actually, this is the first time to actually, we build a stage. So it was, it was really awesome. And we had, uh, you know, huge uh, into the box Latam, uh, you know, kind of carts everywhere. And the, the, the lighting was mm. awesome. The scenery was really amazing. And we actually recorded every session as well. So these sessions are going to be available in a, as a Vimeo package uh, pretty soon here. So we're getting into the mood of recording everything that we do so people can actually have access to them afterwards. You know, not a lot of people can go at the same time or they have previous commitments and things of that nature, but they can still take advantage of our, of our content. And this will be the beginning of our uh, Spanish-speaking library uh, to address Latin America. But very exciting. So the, the Edgardo, uh, which works with us in Hortos El Salvador, was the master of ceremonies. So we actually discovered that he's a comedian. <laughs> uh, we never knew this. Uh, he's well, also he's a, happy a dancer. Guy, that's for sure. <laughs> I know, and he's also a dancer. Oh. So we, we have several compromising videos of him uh, floating around <laughs> in social media. That would be very fantastic. But uh, we already booked him uh, for Into the Box USA. And what was hilarious was that people ca actually came up to me and asked me where he can, they can hire him, uh, <laughs> and then he can, he can actually do you know, be master of ceremonies for other events. So it, it, he did it such a great job that people thought that we had actually hired him to do that. Oh man, a multi-talents, that's for sure. But yeah, he's, he's a great guy. And you know, he's like the nicest, happiest person you'll ever meet. Even though I got his name wrong, like 10 times in a row when <laughs> I first met him. Uh, yeah. But it was, it was Im impressive. I mean, the, the Latin American landscape is, is prime, uh, for for Cool Fusion to to become part of it, there's actually a few licenses that are floating around in Latin America, especially Mexico and Brazil, uh, which are targets at least for us since we'll be able to communicate there. But um, uh, we also what was amazing for us is that uh, our PR team in El Salvador, uh, which is BIM Consulting, was able to provide an alliance with the new uh, government in El Salvador. So they have a Secretary of Innovation. Uh, which basically met with us and they were very interested in what we're doing and our mantra of modernization and open source. And they were very impressed and they, they provided a lot of support for us uh, internally and they even provided a speaker from Amazon Web Services. So Luis Ayala came actually just for the event from Mexico 
uh, to speak at the event. And then he actually returned back to Mexico that night. Uh, amazing session on Amazon Web Services. But it was uh, amazing to see, you know, now we have an, an alliance with uh, Amazon Web Services to, to do more things with them uh, as an AWS partner. So it, it, it was really impressive to see uh, support from a government, which you, sometimes you don't see that, especially in Latin America. And uh, it's, it's impressive to see that, that amount of coverage. So we're actually going to be meeting with them again in the next week, actually, uh, to see what else we can do and provide in terms of modernization. And I think this is, this is really awesome for us as a com confusion community because, you know, if you, if you can speak Spanish or even if you don't speak Spanish, I think that more opportunities hopefully will start opening in Latin America. And I think that's really important for the language to expand and for us to keep evangelizing everywhere we go. Very cool. So uh, obviously, it sounds like a great event. Did you get to talk to some of the developers after and got their feedback? I mean, what were they saying? It sounds like really positive stuff on Twitter from what I could translate. Yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> we have Paulina that uh, is uh, helping us with all the PR stuff, and she prepared a report there. Uh, all the comments were in Spanish there, but maybe we can share that, that document later, Gavin, but... Uh, they were really impressed as, like I said, some of these folks had never heard of Cofusion. So it was the first time exposing them to the language. And they were very impressed with everything that we're doing. You know, we had sessions on Elasticsearch. Uh, we had sessions on HMBC. We had sessions on actually uh, the construction of microservices, uh, the actual creation of front ends using Vue.js and Quasar, your awesome uh, framework Quasar. that you love, Gavin. And uh, so it was really, really amazing to see that feedback coming from them that they had never seen a language like this and they were so interested. Uh, and that's, you know, great for Confusion because they are not, you know, they don't have the baggage of the 20 plus years, right? Where yeah. they think that the Confusion is the tag-based stuff. This, they just see this as something new and yeah. something that's functional, object-oriented, right? And that, you know, there's two different flavors. So... They were really, they really liked that. And uh, some other companies came up to us and they, they were interested in, you know, how they can actually start working with Cofusion. Uh, what was impressive to me that um, got me very emotional, to tell the truth, was that a 15-year-old kid uh, that was disabled had actually seen in the newspaper about us. And he made his parents drive him to the event that day from, I don't know, somewhere outside of the city. And he came in and was like, I want to be here. So we comped his ticket. Actually, Edgardo comped his ticket. And uh, he was there. I met him. I took you know, pictures with him. And uh, it, it just, man, it really got me emotional, to tell you the truth, because you know, this kid just saw this. And he's like, boom, I want to be there. I want to learn. And he's 15. His parents were there. Uh, it was really amazing to, to see things like that. That's cool. I mean, that, I know that's part of the reason why you wanted to, to do this in Latin America, especially in El Salvador. I mean, you're, you grew up, grew up there, you know, it's a special place in your heart, right? I mean, and so it's good to be able to give back. Yeah, definitely. I mean, El Salvador, you know, I left when I was 17. Um, El Salvador doesn't have a good history of things, uh, especially, you know, civil wars, gangs, um, lots of really bad stuff. So I think that, um, it was time for us to uh, now go back and 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 have good times, right? And yeah. and be able to present opportunities. And you know, we've been helping orphanages there for a long time now. And actually, three of three developers from that orphanage were there as Very well, cool. uh, learning Cofusion and applying that for their new uh, projects. But uh, it to me, it's very special to be able to return um, 
you know, to the country where I, uh, where I was born and be able to provide opportunities because they're very scarce there. Uh, it's not yeah. like here. Uh, it's very scarce. And, uh, and so it, it's important. It's really important for us as a mission to, to be able to give back and, and present opportunities wherever we can. Yeah, and obviously we have an office there, and we got a, a good little team we're building, and uh, you know, and it's just going to help with that as well. And it's good to see some of those guys there, you know, and like you say, some presenting for the first time, so that was pretty cool. Oh yeah, yeah, we have a, a the team is growing now. We have six uh, and plus now growing, so it's very exciting to see that. And um, and they're smart, very smart, and very driven. Yeah. No, I mean. Yeah, the last couple we got were like teaching before they were teaching other languages. And so they're, they're not just coming in as developers. They're like, they're proficient in, in teaching. They say the best way to learn something is to teach somebody. Right. And so, yeah, yeah very impressed by these guys and, uh, you know, give us a good run for our money, but it's, it's good for <laughs> Audis in general. You know, we're just improving. Yeah. Well, hell. there was another conference last week as well. So, uh, CF Summit India in Bangalore. So, uh, you, Obviously, you went and visited the offices there when you were in India, your training, but um, they had their second CF Summit uh, India, and I guess uh, they had almost 200 people there this year. So, um, Michaela Light uh, did a lot of tweeting on uh, Twitter about the conference. She was uh, actually on on Facebook asking questions, and so it was kind of interesting. Um, I saw some back and forth with Brad, too, that you know we talked about Adobe doing some updates with ColdFusion and making it more modern. They're even talking about using ForgeBox as a way to, you know, install extensions. And so Brad oh, said he'd be happy wow. to help with that. So I um, did not hear of, that. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, um, you know, Rick Chief would be open to something like that because someone was asking about, you know, package management and everything. And, and they were saying, well, ForgeBox is already here. Maybe we could leverage that. And so it was interesting seeing the little messages on facebook and then uh, on twitter as well so if you look for cf summit 2019 or cf summit india you can see some of the tweets there and yogesh mather one of our patreon supporters uh he was there and he wrote a blog post about the conference and so we have that in the show notes as well but if you go to lucidoutsourcing.com you can see some of his takeaways and at the bottom of that blog post is a whole bunch of interesting things that they're going to be talking about uh, in 2020 cf 2020 but also the future so uh that's definitely worth reading um Yogesh says uh, he's not much of a writer, but uh, you know he wanted to sh share the experience for everybody. So thank you for doing that. It was a it was a good. He had some good photos there too, and a lot of good uh, content on on Twitter there as well. And then um, Theron, who's a uh, darting knight, <clears throat> excuse me, he has a YouTube channel, and he actually um, did a little video um, presentation called a day at adobe office adobe call fusion so oh, he did like kid? a little he's a young guy he yeah. did an office tour and sort of talked about his experience it's a little five minute video but if you weren't there and you wanted to sort of see what whereabouts in bangalore it was and what it looked like and some of the information he showed some of the foods so i know some people just want to go there for the food brad <laughs> you can go see what they're eating and he gave his little report so that was pretty cool too so um i got that link there as well so but it sounds like they had yeah good turnout a lot of good content uh, they shared a lot of cool stuff uh, and announced uh you know a few of those things like the webinar that rick chief's gonna do and um yeah it sounds like it's they're really gearing up 2020 is gonna be a big year for us yeah, no, definitely. I, I know Yogesh, he was actually in the training and I've known Yogesh for a long time. So it's cool to see his awesome mustache. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty impressive, I tell you. I know, it's pretty impressive. He did Movember proud. 
<laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> cool. So, um, again, we're we have into the box coming up soon as well. So in May six to eighth in Houston. Uh, so in the woodlands there, and your neck of the woods at the Hyatt Place. So we're going to be um, there at uh, Into the Box. The call for speakers is now available. So I think you just posted in the channel. So papercall.io slash ITB2020. We've got some uh, good content um, from people from outside the Cold Fusion community as well by using something like this, a third-party tool for uh, collecting our content. But we need more Cold Fusion developers and, and speakers too. So we're hoping to try and make those decisions into the month, guys. So um, please get your submissions in there. If you're a new speaker, um, submit your ideas, and we can help guide you and you know get the get you along the way. But um, yeah, we we like to have new speakers, and we usually have a pretty good mixture of auto speakers and community speakers. So uh, we're looking to make this the biggest and best into the box yet, right? Yeah, no, very excited for next year as we keep growing and growing. So every year, ITB has been growing by at least you know twenty, thirty percent. So very exciting to see that, and we want to do the same this year. I think we we've, we've kind of been focusing our shift, uh, shifting our focus. A little bit and and you know kind of targeting modernization and software craftsmanship as well you know uh, of course we present our keynotes right and we present our roadmaps for our, our box products right it's our chance to kind of you know highlight what the work that we've done but uh, our interest is to to be able to empower developers to learn for software development and that includes a multitude of languages so the more languages that we can cover, the better. I think that nowadays you have to be a polyglot. You have to be able to work at least with two, three languages. So it's important to be able to, to, to do training on those languages. So so very, very exciting to see that. And I, I think we have January 11th, I think it is the closing date for our call for speakers. So get get your get your you know get your talks in. You know, if you know somebody that's in and you know, we're also gonna be promoting this locally this year. Uh, like never before, I mean, we're going to be targeting lots of schools. We have, uh, like I mentioned, you know, Paulina going to be spearheading that to to get more sponsors in, to get more people interested locally as well, and you know, move our mantra with modernization. So I'm very excited for for next year. Very cool. Okay, well, we've been a lot of talking about everything in the news and the conferences, but let's get to the blogs and tweets of the week. And uh, we'll try and roll through these. To be honest, it's been a real busy week. Conferences everywhere and a lot of blog posts and tweets. But we'll try and get through these here. Um, but so Ben Adele, um had a blog post out about the Alvis operator. and So he was talking about how you could chain the Alvis operator multiple times. So um, he was just talking about you never thought about it, but it makes a good way to, you know, maybe check multiple uh, default values for something. So if there isn't something you can roll back to two or three different types and it actually allows you to do that nicely. Uh, so nice little blog post about that. Um, and yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting. Uh, I actually ran into another issue though with the Elvis operator and the, basically my, my little tip is use parentheses to make sure that you, <laughs> you know, what <laughs> is actually inside the, you know, the, the, the item you're sitting because uh, yeah. I didn't use it. And there was a, a change in one of the engines that broke all my code all of a sudden, because I was assuming it knew what I meant. Uh, so use parentheses and you know, so. Oh yeah. Now I love the Elvis operator, but it has bit me so many times. So I know that Adobe's fixing their stuff for, for their engines, but man, we, and Adobe 11 is completely broken. 
yeah. Brad has a, a, a terror story that we had yanking this out out of all our libraries because it was just it was there's it was just broken in several uh, areas though. So, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm still not not comfortable to go back and using it again uh, on things that you have to support multiple engines. That is. Yeah. Well, it was funny. I was actually using it in Lucy. And I was basically on the left side of an, you know, of a comparison. So I was using the Alvis operator to get a value or something equals equals to something else. Oh, and Brad sense. made in this made a good point that I was assuming that the result would be on the left side of the operator and that equals equals would be, would be compared to whatever the result of the Alvis was. But theoretically, I could have used the equals equals to figure out, and that could have been a, a true or a false value for the Alvis operator. And so without the parentheses, it was guessing. But my yep. point was, it guessed right before the update, and it guessed <laughs> an error after the update. <laughs> so anyways, but uh, so yeah, good blog post from Ben, as usual. Um, so you get that on benadel.com. Uh, we also had a tweet from the Lucy team. So they asked, would you want to in increase your knowledge? Dive into our tutorials. For example, want to use Java and Lucy? Check out our Java Lucy tutorial. So I guess they've got a, a little section on their website. So if you go to docs.lucy.org slash guides slash various, there's a, a, a tutorial on Java and Lucy, but they also have a few other tutorials there too. So we'll link to that. So it was kind of neat. I didn't know they had a tutorial section, but they do. Yeah, I've I've seen it before. Yeah, I just wish they did more more of their samples in script than in tags. Oh, uh, well, I guess or they both. could they could use cfscript.me and fix it. <laughs> and there was a, another tweet from Pete Freitag. So he released his uh, Cold Fusion newsletter again. So um, he's got a lot of great content in there. So he mentioned a few oh, of the yeah. people in there. So Charlie, Ben Adele, Matt Gifford, Matt Clemente, CF Simplicity, which I always forget his name. Dave Ferguson, CF Camp, Into the Box. So there's a lot of people contributing uh, content to that newsletter. So uh, yeah. it's, it's a really good newsletter. If you guys haven't done it, you should go to tinyletter.com slash CFML and you could sign up and you get it emailed. And it's roughly monthly. Um, but we have a tweet. Uh, Pete Freitag tweeted it. So we have a link to the, the tweet itself and to... Uh, to Pete's page there as well. Um, but yeah, so if you guys can't keep up with the weekly content we roll out, he has the best of the best every month there. So uh, it was pretty funny because right after he tweeted that, Matt Clemente tweeted saying, uh, I haven't finished reading last month's content, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> so I know. These, these, uh, don't you think it's pretty, pretty awesome, uh, Gavin, that these these news and all the stuff that we're, you know, these newsletters and all the stuff that we do keep increasing and increasing. It seems like uh, there's this snowball effect and people are, are wanting to, you know, do more and, and blog more and put more content out there. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And, and this thing, it's really hard to keep up with it. And that's part of the reason we want to do this, this podcast was to yeah. try and put it all together in one place. And, you know, I know Pete does a great job on his newsletter and, you know, but we wanted to, to get stuff out there and, you know, I mean, like I said, we could do a, a podcast just about all this stuff, but obviously there's a lot of community stuff too. Oh, and, yeah. Tremendous. Yep. And speaking of uh, community stuff, uh, the Fusion Reactor guys have a video on Java automatic root cause error analysis. So um, uh, they have a, a little video up there on uh, YouTube and it talks about event snapshots and how they're, they're meant to give you like a, a deep level insight into an error. And so um, I guess 
you can set it up so it'll automatically take snapshots depending on the errors and, and stuff. So uh, they have a little video about how to use them, how to set them up, and um, it's it's pretty useful. I know that uh, I was troubleshooting a, a site the last week and I was able to go back and see all these uh, you know these root, root cause errors um, because of this. So it's pretty cool. Definitely love Fusion yeah. Reactor and uh, I like seeing more of the videos out there. Those little five, six minute videos are really good. You can just, you know, digest that little piece. Don't have to watch a whole presentation to, to get some value out of it. So yeah, definitely. I think these tools for, for tracking down issues, you know, uh, Fusion Reactor and the uh, new Adobe, you know, uh, monitoring tools are, are just, you just need them, you know, and then actually the, there's a few JDK ones that are available now. Um, so the, Brad and I were talking about them. So we're going to be kind of see how we can actually do some additions of the native uh, Java tooling available to us. Um, I can't remember the name. Brad might put it in the chat, but we were talking about it last, I think last week or so, uh, that you know they've gone a long way with these kind of in-depth analysis of what's going on in the JDK now. So hopefully we'll start introducing more, more tools. Cool. And then uh, that Brad guy again, uh, tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he, he just said, I spent the morning troubleshooting an odd SSL handshake error only to find it went away when I updated to the latest version of Java 11. Thanks to Foundio and his vast SSL knowledge for helping him. So he was working on some of the command box uh, SSL stuff as far as um, connecting to different repos. So command box allows you to, you know, connect uh private with private keys and everything and so he was chasing down a bunch of ssl certificates for that so um so yeah so thanks pete for helping and uh it's cool to see those new changes going on to command box so we should see those soon i know a lot of people like using their private repos and so definitely need the, the ssl support for that cool there we go. brad answered mission control that's the one we're looking at oh mission control very cool. Oh. And just so Brad also said that CF Simplicity is Julian Halliwell. So I huh. didn't, I forgot his name. Not really good with all the, the Twitter <laughs> names. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, yep. And then, of course, we had a tweet from you. So uh, we wanted to link that one there so they could find uh, some of the tweets about uh, the, the conference. Sold out. That's pretty impressive. And yeah, yeah like we, I said, yeah, lots yeah, of great photos. I love all those, the lights and stuff there. It just looks so yeah. professional. And it was impressive that not only we were tweeting, but everybody in the audience. So we, we were actually a trending topic in El Salvador yeah. for all day. So that was great to see people uh, taking silly pictures and stuff like that. So Yeah, I know you guys had a cool robot. Tell us about the robot. What What's up with the robot? We forgot about the robot, Gavin. Oh, I know. Yeah, so uh, the robot actually came uh, from La Curacao, uh, which was one of our sponsors. And they provided this awesome robot. And you can program the robot. And it would do, you know, it could speak whatever you wanted. So when people would come into the room, it would say, modernize or die. Modernize or die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. So, it was pretty hilarious. So uh, I think Jorge was programming it with that and making fun of it. But it was, it was very cool to have that little robot there. So I want to see if they can ship it here to Houston. <laughs> it wasn't that little, though, too. It was like a. No, it was big. It was big. Like four feet tall, almost. Three yeah, and a half four feet, feet tall. Five or or something like that yeah yeah i know i mean we we were so excited we were on a, on a, on site with a client me and eric a couple of weeks back when he helped me uh with the cfml news podcast and at the hotel they had one of those delivery robots oh. and so you got to you order up the room service or something and then put the, something yeah. in the robot and you bring it up to your room ring the doorbell ring the phone sorry so you <laughs> could go answer it and then uh, you cool. know 
and it like navigates pretty smart. Uh, it's true, I swear it's probably just a Roomba with a <laughs> delivery service on top, but it was pretty smart. Goes and activates the elevator and stuff. So we had to give it some test edge cases to see if it could figure out how to get around us. And yeah, <laughs> but it was Brad those robots that- are cool. Brad says that we should bring into Houston if they don't agree to modernize that it should zap them with a laser. Yeah, exterminate, <laughs> exterminate. <laughs> yeah, Danger, no, it Will was Robinson. Really fun. It was yeah. really fun. We actually are. are um, I'm going to give you with a tease, Gavin. I know you like to tease a lot of people in the podcast with news and events and stuff. Yeah. So here's something just to tease people. You know where the DeLoreans are being made right now? Hmm. Do you know? in which uh, city or state they're being made right now? DeLoreans? Do you remember the DeLoreans from Back to the Future? I remember, but I mean, I assume they're Detroit, Michigan, but I don't know. No, Houston, Texas, actually. is making some DeLoreans. Yes, in Humble, Texas, which is about 20 minutes from my house. And into the box theme for the next year is Back to the Future. Back to the Future. So, hmm. Hmm. Very exciting Mm. to see that. 20 minutes away from my house, so... So hmm, interesting. So yeah, yeah, back to the future. We got some uh, great designs from Isme, our designer and programmer. She's got some awesome looking stuff. So the t-shirts will be better than ever, which they oh, always yeah. are. But uh, cool. And then so we have the blog post from the new guests here. So um, that's in the show notes. We also have that video from Tharon, the Darting Knight. So that's in the show notes as well. And then Brad, again, <laughs> he was <laughs> tweeting about Never the seen. CF Evangelist kit. So some people were asking about numbers, about like how many, you know, Fortune 100 companies use Cold Fusion, et cetera. And so Alicia actually sent um, the Evangelist kit link. Oh, cool. And so th- we have a tweet to that. And it's pretty interesting. There's some, a lot of good information in there. So um, no Dan card. We are not giving away DeLorean. <laughs> we might be able to uh, sell raffle tickets for a drop. No, just, I don't know. <laughs> this season. Every attendee gets a DeLorean. You have to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe a toy one. You maybe get a matchbox <laughs> for them or something. There you go, Luis. That's on our price range, our budget. It's, it's marketing, you know? Yep. And then um, we have a tweet from James Moberg. This is pretty cool. So I actually remember using this, but Raymond Canvin's 13-year-old UPS package is still going strong. Nice. So I guess, yeah, the CF UPS, um, it's still working, but apparently uh, they cha- they're they changing something. So at the end of this year, 1231, UPS uh, needs to change the www link in the live yeah. URL to online tools. But I remember using this back in the day. So pretty interesting. Yeah. Why don't we, why don't we give away a challenge, Gavin? So whoever actually wraps that UPS module and creates a Cobox module out of it and publishes in Forgebox, uh, we'll give them a price. How about a, like a nice little toy DeLorean, <laughs> maybe a toy DeLorean. How about a gift card or something? What do you think? Yeah. All right. Challenge. Good. So we'll, we'll blog about it, but if, if you, uh, fork that sucker or tell Raymond, even Ray can do it, but, uh, we'll, we'll do it like a, like a little gift card. And we'll ship it to you if you actually publish it in Forgebox. Pretty cool. Sounds good. Okay. So next section we have CFML jobs. So there's a few jobs uh, listed here. So on the Get CFML Jobs website, uh, we have um, 22 positions open right now from 17 companies across 15 locations in five countries. But we actually had one that was emailed to one of the user groups. 
Um, and so they they shared that, so I came across it. So there's a three-month contract for a Cold Fusion developer in Washington, D.C. Um, they're looking for a conversion project, um, looking for a Cold Fusion developer to help for a few months. Um, they must have the ability to obtain an active secret security clearance for the Department of Defense. So it sounds like a pretty interesting um, topic. Uh, they have an old CF9 um, app running on Windows Server 2008 that needs to be upgraded to a new version that can run on Windows Server 2012. Um, and so it has to be done by January of 2020 because uh, that's when the end of life is for um, Windows Server 2008. So if you guys are interested, um, we have the link here uh, for an email for Nicole Valente. Um, she's from Apex Systems and she's handling that. So we'll have that in the show notes. So apply soon. It looks like we got to get some work done on that pretty soon. But there's also a full-time position um, for a consultant in SCC in Dundee, United Kingdom. They're looking for a Cold Fusion um, consultant to basically have some best practice knowledge of deploying two instances on separate VMs of this app. And then there's a full-time senior developer at American Access Casualty Company. And, um, oh, I know those guys. Sorry? I know those guys. Yeah, oh, you know? Pretty, pretty good shop. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, um, yep, so they've got a job there for a senior developer role. So they'll be writing code, testing, analyzing, et cetera. So that's available on getcfmljobs.com as well. And like I said, there's lots of other jobs there as well if you're looking. And if you have one that you want to post, let us know and we can talk about it on the show. We're going to have to open one uh, on probably the next CFML news next week, Gavin. So I think we're going to we have a position open in order, so we'll talk about it for next week. Ooh, top secret coming soon. Yes. <laughs> cool, cool. Okay, well, let's get on to the... Forgebox module of the week. So this week, we're actually going to talk about one of mine. And uh, this is one that I used just this week. So it's called Version Hitter. And so it's just a simple little module. And what it basically does is it determines your app from a .version file that you create during your build process. And then it creates a response hitter for you. So it creates a hitter called x-server-version. And then basically, if you're debugging, it usually works best if you're in like a clustered setup or a Docker Swarm or something. And you're not sure, is your code actually running the code you think it's running? Um, that can be kind of problematic sometimes. So it allows you just to, you know, view your dev tools and look at your headers and you can see uh, what information uh, is running. So for what I usually do is I have a build script either in my uh, Forgebox, um, my publish command. I'll actually have it using the the box.json package script. I'll update the version file with that. Or I'll actually have a build process that puts the, the date and time that the package was built and also the pipeline number so that way mm, I can go and see what was created. So it's a simple little yeah. module. Uh, and then it's got the code so you can actually add to your box.json if you want to use the package script. Or if you're using GitLab or Bitbucket pipelines, it's a little bit of code that you can create that dot .version file. And then, yeah, that's all you need. So if you want to try that out, you do box install version header, and that's available up on Forgebox. So yeah, um, yeah, I like that. I, I I think we we've always talked about these things. So that, I'm glad you see you publishing it because, uh, especially the pipeline. Uh, that way you can know if you're doing images or containers. You can actually see if the container was you know loaded correctly, which one you're running, or which one introduced that bug. Right. Yep. 
exactly. And yeah, with things like Sentry and everything too, you can tag the version when you deploy it yeah. into Sentry and then you can track it that way too. But this is just the quickest way, you know, you can see. And I actually have one called a host header that, you know, outputs the, the host so you can see if you're having a problem, you can make sure which host it's running on because a lot of times yeah. you'll have one host will have an issue, but the other three are fine. And you're like, why is this happening? You can check that as well. So, yeah, Very these cool. little modules, you know, they don't have to be huge to go up on Forgebox. Yeah. But uh, that one has, you know, what, almost 2,000 installs already. So we're using it. So pretty yeah. cool. Very good. And Very then nice. uh, the next one, we have the VS Code Hints, Tips, and Tricks of the Week. And this is one that you recommended. So you want to tell us about this color picker? Yeah, definitely. Especially I, if you're doing front end and you're working with SAS files or CSS files, um, it's always nice to to actually have a little nice little color palette to choose the right colors that you want. So uh, color picker is pretty cool. You can highlight the color in VS Code and boom, you get a nice little amazing color palette uh, that you can tweak and mix and work with colors. So uh, I love that. I love all these kind of design tools. Uh, believe it or not, I actually was design. I, I was a, a designer at one point in my life. So, uh, so I most of us designers. were, just not Brad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I worked with a Mac for the first time. Very cool. Yeah, I remember using the Power Mac G3s in the old days, doing some pretty cool stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Adobe Illustrator. Yeah. Flash cool. one, two, three. <laughs> and there were some 3D modeling programs were fun back in the day too. So Oh yeah. Using those sparks. So, Sun Spark. Yeah. So color picker for VS Code. I don't actually think I have that one. I might have to install that one too. So I'll have to throw that in there. So very cool. So then that takes us down to the last thing in our list, which is thanking our Patreon supporters. So since it's your first time, you can uh, tell us why Patreon supporters are important to us. Ooh. Yeah, definitely. I think our Patreon supporters are these people that really believe in what we're doing and all of our open source tools. Uh, as you know, we know all of the majority of the software that we, we put out there is open and available for usage. And, you know, if you want to give back to us, uh, please do. You know, it really helps out. And anything that comes into Patreon goes directly to open source development directly. So it, it really is a, a nice way to, to show your appreciation of what you do, especially if you're a company. Uh, and um, it, it maintains the projects or, you know, if you don't want to be a patron directly, you know, send us work uh, that uh, make sure that uh, all the open source projects are, are, are maintained and, 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 and are actually up to date always. And as, as you guys have known, we, we create a lot of stuff. So uh, we always want to make sure that we can maintain everything. Yep, for sure. So you want to try and run through these names? You probably know half of them anyway. <laughs> sure. Let's, let's see. Mr. Andrew Davis, Mr. Brian White, Carl von Stetten, Dali, Dan Card, Daniel Garcia, David Belanger, <laughs> Didier Lesniki, Don Bellamy, Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, Jan Janek, Jeremy Adams, John Farrar, Jordan Clark, Joseph Lamary, Laxma. Ooh, that's a tough one. Tirtohadi. Matthew Clemente, Richard Herbert, Samuel Knowlton, Scott Steinbeck, Mr. VJ, and Yogesh Matur. Yep, and just so Brad doesn't yell at us, it's Jan Yannick, the Jay-Z wise that Ooh, I got Jan. told off the first couple times. So I learned. So Jan Yannick, thank you. Jan uh, Yannick. Yep, and uh, 
yeah so it's been a busy week for everybody a couple of great conferences a lot of great content on twitter and and on the blogs and uh yeah i definitely recommend you guys go check out all the tweets from uh, both conferences there's a lot of cool stuff in there uh, and then like i said cf alive michaela light was at the cf india the cf summit india and had a lot of content uh on facebook as well so definitely go check that out but uh thanks again for being our special guest yes definitely this, this is so much fun this is the first time in months <laughs> yeah so cool well we'll have to have you again but uh thanks everyone for joining us and everyone have a great week all right see you soon gavin thank you show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like spotify or itunes we also have the link to youtube to find more videos just like this the music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Blue Tree Audio.